0: That our feet that are anchored on that solid rock. Praise the Lord. If you don't mind, let's turn to the scripture. uh, Book of Jonah, chapter 2. Book of Jonah, chapter 2, verse 1. Then Jonah prayed unto the Lord, his God, out of the fish's belly, and said, I cried by reason of my affliction unto the Lord, and he heard me. Out of the belly of hell cried I, and thou heardest my voice. For thou hast cast me into the deep, in the midst of the seas, and the floods come past me about. All thy bellows and thy waves have passed over me. That I said, I'm cast out of thy sight. Yet I will look again toward thy holy temple. The waters compassed me about, even to the soul. The depths closed me round about. The waves were wrapped about my head. I went down to the bottoms of the mountains. The earth with her bars was about me forever. Yet hast thou brought up my life from corruption, O Lord my God. While my soul fainted within me, I remember the Lord, and my prayer came in unto thee into thy holy temple. They that observe lying vanities forsake their own mercy, but I will sacrifice unto thee with the voice of thanksgiving. I will pay that that I have vowed. Salvation is of the Lord, and the Lord spake unto the fish, and he vomited to Jonah upon the dry land. What a wonderful words that this is. This, you know, without the revelation. This is just merely uh, some word, uh, uh, some ink on the paper. Right. But uh, only by the prophet we know Jonah is exactly in the will of the right. Lord. Right. Who can say Jonah is in the will of the Lord uh, just by this scripture? Yeah. But um, the Lord has sent us a revelation. through this as, as a prophet, through this as as a messenger. And we're forever so thankful for that. Let's bow our head and have a prayer to the Lord. Out oh, to Heavenly Father, Lord, what a wonderful word that you have spoke, Lord. Lord, you spoke uh, 2,000 years ago and uh, put the scriptures uh, that are in the Bible. Uh, the years later, Jesus come to fulfill the, what he said that in the Bible. He even quoted it as the scripture of Jonah. Lord, uh, you give us uh, the resurrection sign, Lord. We thank you, Lord. And in this age that it would come the prophets are uh, coming down that amongst us, only send for the bride of Jesus Christ and to bring us uh, back to track it again and reveal your word to us because we know only the anointed word for this hour can grant us a power. Lord, we're so thankful that you're still speaking, Lord. You're speaking well, 50 years ago. You're speaking the last year. You're speaking the yesterday. Lord, you speaking this this morning lord we're thankful we just ask the lord continually speaking tonight to each a uh, hungry heart that our soul be satisfied the oh lord we thank you we give ourselves to you ask will you open up your word and meet our need in the name of jesus christ we pray amen, amen. you may be seated But the is talking about to the Jonah. He said, if there's anybody have a symptom, that is the Jonah. But he's refused to look at a symptom. He's only look at uh, the word of God has promised. He only look at the temple that even was uh, built by a person called Solomon that later on was a backslide. But Lord cannot be backslided from his own word. If he choose a certain place for worship, uh, that that place was a forever will be the place for worship, and the Lord will always keep His promise. He's the one that's the pro we call it a promise keeper. So, if the Lord willing, I would like to continue on from the last time I was speaking that about, but maybe from a different angle. Let's uh, 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 speak about this. So, when Jonah, Brother uh, Branham says, "In God doesn't call man to judgment without a first warning him." Uh, he said um, now Jonah thought now you know I might get in a little trouble so he wanted to be more sure so he thought he'd take a little vacation and go down to Tarshish and we find out that there was just 40 days left but then he said uh, see uh, he said so the message the message is urgent the time is at hand don't play around with other things and get a bachelor of our degree and find out something. The hour is at hand. And we, we can see, uh, we call Jonah, maybe backside of the, from the will of the Lord. And the Lord called him to go to uh, Nineveh, but uh, instead he go to uh, Tarshish. But uh, what i is talking about, Jonah that he is exactly in the will of the Lord. But, uh, well, sometimes when we're walking in the past, it seems like it's going contrary to what the Lord called us to do. But don't you worry. God has a perfect will in each bride of Jesus Christ's life. No matter how contrary the same storms is, it seems like the, uh, that we're living in this age, it seems like everything is to try to against the bride of Jesus Christ. But if you are the son and daughter of a God, you will walk into the perfect will of the Lord. So Jonah in this uh, scripture over here, when Abraham said he was uh, facing too much of pressure, he was facing uh, too much of trouble of this. And then he's uh, uh, tried to uh, just take a little vacation, and uh, before he can make sure, I wonder sometime if we are going through some things, uh, we start to relax a little bit and drifting away a little bit. And we uh, it's not a talking about we're backsliding. We're, we're talking about another type of a backsliding i'm not talking about the backsliding we're drinking or smoking or you're 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 doing all these things is wrong those things if you did that you need experience with the lord but sometimes i find out that even the believers they can be uh i don't know i, I can't find the right word for that but i just call it the the message of believer backsliding so they're kind of a, because the pressures was too much the job was too great and the task in front of them was too big, and they're getting so many things against them, so many things contrary to them, then they're thinking to escape from what God called them to do. God always called us when the storms come. He didn't call us to escape from the storm, but He called us to drive us right into that storm. If you're not called by the... Uh, will of the lord he will you uh, will never be uh, into it but because you are the children of god so god actually allow you or even drive you into the storm the reason is not because god tries to punishing you It's not uh, just uh, God try to, um, as we said before, like try to build up our character and this and that. Uh, Sometimes when God put us into, like what is Jonah into do, uh, into uh, Jonah's uh, situation, it's because the message is urgent. Because the message is urgent, so God has to use a different way to take us to the destination to take us into what we ought to be situation it's not just uh, looking at this or looking at that, I've done this wrong, I've done that wrong, you know I, I have to fix this up, fix this up I said that uh, the message is urgent let us leave the doctrine. Let us leave all of this. Leave all the things that's easily besetting us. I have a setting a goal for you. I call you for this age. It's not just a, a boo-hoo. You know, I, I, I'm a miserable. I vow, uh, vow unto me. I've done this. I've done that. God said, I have a message for you to do. I have an urgent message. that Nobody else can do it, but only you can do that. So when Jonah was facing that, then he uh, uh, said, he's, uh, uh, Brother Brandon said he tried to take it a vacation and the try to are uh, running away. And sometimes, you know, when we're living in this age, we live our life, uh, we're going through, uh, you know, just, um, uh, let, let us just take it this way. Uh, we, everybody, we have a work to do. And in that work, you are facing a trial. Because in the work, not everybody was supporting you. Most of the time when we're in the work... It's the people they try to against you, because you're doing things is wrong, according to their standard. And in the workplace, not, not necessarily you try to uh, provoke them, or cause them anger. Actually, in the job site, in the working place, you find out that they're constantly putting silent pressure on the people who want to live for God and want to stand for God to make it an environment that, so that you cannot say things against that in this world sure. that in this uh, working places in your job in a different places you dare not to, to stand up for what you believe because if you stand up for what you believe you might end up to lost your job sure. you might lost uh, your favor uh the, the boss will not the thinking you're his uh, favorite person yeah. and then if you're in a school And if you go and just following the drift, following everybody else, you just, everybody do what you do, you hide your religion, hide your belief, you're probably kind of flowing along. But the pressure was always there. The pressures in the school was always to try to press you so that you cannot live a life according to the Word of God. And then by and by, more and more, you'll find out it's not necessarily a person literally backside to go to drinking and smoking or, or drug and to do all those things. They just cannot dare to standing for God anymore. They try to uh, uh, make us a corporate with this world so that, you know, you don't offend me, I don't offend you. And you do, uh, you know, you keep your own things, I'll do my things. But you see, if the Bible keep continually doing that, you become a... Um, Laxing. Is that the word? Laxing? And then your vision starts to getting blur. And instead of becoming a soldier, warrior of God, you just try to hide over here, hide over there, and try to pass each day, you know, oh today is a safe day, I didn't got any pro- uh, tr- trouble, I didn't get any problem, so everything's is fine. It's a great day. Why are you always quiet when I say something like this? <laughs> You make me nervous. <laughs> so then, the people's vision start to getting blur. Then, in, when they start to getting blur, then they start to get uh, distracted. It's not that the pressure that the devils they try to put the clouds and uh, uh, you know they try to uh, uh, like a demon try to uh, oppress you. It was just a silently, easily start to just where uh, wear you down. Then before you know it, instead of being like Abraham, you started like Lot. You started moving your hands. You started getting closer. You started getting mixing with them. You started trying to do things maybe you never think that you will do. And then there's one excuse plus another excuse and plus another excuse and excuse after excuse. You excuse you off of the perfect will of the Lord. So, in this age, the devil is very subtle. When he try to uh, pull you down, it doesn't necessarily take a lot of uh, obvious things to pull you down. Just by daily leaving can pull you down. Just by watching your children, not in their ought to be position, not in their ought to be condition, day in, day out, day in, day out, when you see the answer doesn't come, It will wear you down. And then you start to, like Jonah was to do, you want to take a little vacation. Not necessarily you leave the the Lord. Not necessarily you said, I'm not going to believe this message anymore. You said, you know, Lord, just let me do what I want to do for now. I'll fix it up later on. Just let me do what I try to do now. Lord, take it easy. Lord, let me ease up a little bit. Let me just relax a little bit. Let me do what I want to do now or what I have to do now. Lord, when when it come to the point that I have to fix it up, Lord, I'll come back and fix it up. You may never get a chance to come back to fix it up. But there's no time for the believer to getting lax, to getting a vacation. Why? Because the message is urgent. When God has given us a message, and this message is grace, this message is, de- is a deliverance. but Pernambu said in the message, he said, a hurry, hurry, hurry. He said that the message is urgent. You don't have 20 years to wait for children to come back to the Lord. The message is urgent. You cannot just say, whenever they come they will come you cannot just say that oh, if that is the will of the Lord sooner or later they will come back there, that word has its, has its place but don't forget that the message is urgent when a message is urgent the urgency will put people in the desperation and when that person in that desperation is not only if they come they will come if they are not come they will not come Lord, I wanted to come today. If today they are not coming, I'm not looking forward to tomorrow they're coming. Lord, if tomorrow they are not coming, Lord, when they're going to be coming? It's the urgency they put into the, the people in the desperation. God has a perfect will for every person that He ordained. For the eternal life. Even Jonah. That is this uh, self inflicted a pen. But Jonah has a different spirit. He refused to look at his own mistakes. He refused to look at his self inflicted mistakes. He refused to look at how you know he was uh, uh, going here and uh, swallowed by the, uh, by the fish. And they throw him high, uh, hands uh, and uh, feet. It was a up uh, into the ocean. The fish... Was swallowed up, but God has a perfect will for Jonah. If you are the son and daughter of God, God's perfect will will swallow up the permissive will. But it's to take you to yield yourself, to take you when the things has happened, is not just to roll over it and die. To say, take it to you, it's not just when you solve some situation. It's not just saying, you know, I made it wrong here, I made it around here, around there. You know, i just follow along. I'm just pretending this is nothing happened. You cannot pretend there's nothing happened. You must do like it was the Jonah did. Jonah refused to look at his symptom. Though he was a, you know, was a swallow by the fish and the different things that happened to him. But he said once more, Lord, I will look up to your temple. Why he look up to the temple? Because there is a mercy seat over there. There is a blood sacrifice over there. That's the only place that we can look to. Young people, children, you will make mistake. As long as you living in this age, as long as you're living in your flesh, you will make a mistake. But you cannot stay in your mistake. You made a mistake, Refuse to look at that. Look at upon to that temple, where's the mercy seed it? Lord, I know I've done it wrong. Lord, I know I blow it. Lord, I know I've done something not supposed to do. But Lord, once more, I'm looking to that temple. Why? Because there's a still mercy seed there. There's still mercy there. Even you do it or wrong, it seems that it's really impossible for it to fix it. But do it as Jonah did. Even in that symptom, even in that vicious belly, that he said, Lord, I am refuse to look at a symptom. Yeah. And in Jehovah Jireh, but the Brahma said, Jonah was backslide, hands and feet tight, and the belly of a whale vomited all over him. Seaweed wrapped around his neck in the bottom of the ocean. Brother, there's a nobody here that, he, uh, here that bad off. Right. But what did Jonah say? I said, everywhere he looked, it was symptoms. Yeah. Yeah. He looked this way, was Will's belly. Will's belly this way, Will's belly that way. Everywhere he looked was a Will's belly. Right. Yeah. Have you found out you're in a situation like that? It seems like a look at the left is a trial, look at the right is a trial, look at the front, the back, everywhere you look it is all difficult, all trials. It seems like it's impossible to fix the whole thing. But you know God is to do things impossible. But don't forget, God put Jonah in this condition. It's not because he's doing something wrong. God's doing this because the message is urgent. So he threw Jonah that into, this, uh, into this ocean that he was a drop into the fish belly. God speeded up the process, the travel time for Jonah to go to his destination. How do you know when you're going through something? The things that you went through, the works, the jobs, whatever the things that you're going through, seems like you were totally swallowed up in there. Don't worry, God is working in that situation. Just like what does Jonah do? Because the because the message is urgent. God needs to do a short, quick work in your situation. But what did Jonah say? But said, he said, you know what he said? He said, there are lying vanities. I refuse to look at it. He said, once more, would I look to your holy temple. Human beings tend to uh, go to the easy way, to the less the resisted way. It's not necessarily that is, uh, you know, let me say that again. not necessarily that it means you're a backside. Every human being, they try to take it an easy way. And I try to go to the, the least resisted. And the brother said, is this the sign of the end time, sir? Brother Branham had a... He saw that there, there was a brother a Beeler that had a, a dream or a vision. Then he said, Brother Branham, I had a strange dream. He said, I dreamed that I was going down a stream of water towards the west. And there was a road on the left side. And I was on the left side going westward on the road, seeming like hunting for cattle. And on the right side, I happened to notice after I got down there, there you were... He said, and you were rounding up a big bunch of cattle. And there was a plenty of a feed over there. He said, then you, go, you got those cattle and started them back up the river. And seemingly that I must have uh, nodded to him to watch those cattle. And he said, now it will be easy for those cattle. I know they will go the way of the least resistance. But Brother Menman wanted them to stay on the right side of that river. So I would go back up this road and keep them from coming across the river on this side and keep them on that side. But I noticed I never followed the cattle, but went down westward. He said, he must be a, a hunting the strays. And then uh, Brother Brammer gave an interpretation of that dream. He said, and now the interpretation of the dream is this. in so much that the stream was large, it was a stream of life. It's never really easy when, you, when we're walking on a stream of life. He said, I was going westward on it, and so was he, because he was on the road, uh, down this road, and uh, he was uh, running uh, down this road, and on the other side was a lots of grass, but lots of a thicket, and bare and jungle, but in there was much grass, and that's the way we hunt for the Lord, and the food of the Lord through difficulties. If you want to have the food, the search of food in due season is all laid into the difficulties. He said rounding up the cattle was this church, keeping them on that side. The cattle will actually go on the smooth road, the denomination, if they can. Which the road will represent the denomination. I started him back up the road to see that they did not go to any denomination. He said that the cattle always will choose the least of resistance and uh, the more smooth way to go. But Brother Brown said that he was constantly asking me to, don't let a cattle go that way. Don't let a cattle, don't let a church to go that way. Because if the church really can choose, they will go to the least resisted way. The believers did the same way. If we can, if we can choose, who wants the trials? Of course. Who want to go through all the things that we haven't been going through all these years? Nobody want to go through that. If that us choose, we will choose the easiest way. But Brother Abraham said that that's the way to so go to the denomination. How is this, How to go to the denomination? Denomination is turn the word of God to become a tradition. Amen. They become they turn to turn the word to become a less effect. There's a non effect of God's word anymore. The word was a preaching. The word was a preaching, but it become a taking no effect on the people. Then the people they go into the denomination. What is it? The word of a God become a tradition. Instead right, right. of coming to the church or looking forward to God to meet our need, we come to church. Just go the least to resist it away. That's why the preachers, when the ministers, they do all their. Uh, it seems like they preach hard. Why are they doing that? They doing that is for one purpose. Don't let a cattle to go the lesser resisted way. Don't let the, the people to go to the least resisted way. Because if we choosing that way, the church, the people will go through the tradition. Instead of living for God it was a fervent, it was a zeal, then coming to the church day in and the day out. They still talk the talk, walk the walk, just like in a message of a believer. But in their heart, inside of their life, they already become a denomination. Why become a message? To become a tradition to them. But a message is urgent. So God wouldn't allow that to happen to His own people. The message is not just training the people how to be a good citizen. It's not to let us have a good social life. That everybody likes each other. You come to me, my I come to you. You know, we're, we're, we're talking about good and about the ancient things. That's good. But that's not all the message all about. The message itself is a life. In this age, to live a holy life is the hard work. To live a life without a compromise on God's Word is a hard work. But if you choose the hard way, the narrow path, God will have the reward to waiting for him. The message is urgent. So that's why that we have a different spirit. And you listen to the preaching, you listen to Brother Branham's message, Every message I was listening to that, I saw the urgency of the prophets. When he was preaching that to the, the last uh, uh, year of the message, it was counseling and saying to the people, you know, I'm older people, I won't be very long. And it, you can feel the urgency that in the prophet's, uh, the tone that it was speaking to the people. If the message is urgent, then the urgency must be also that the lord has to let the holy spirit and make that a become a reality to us Amen. as i said it's not because you backslide it's not because you're doing things that are necessarily are uh, totally wrong you left to the word or you don't believe the lord anymore but just because the message is urgent so the lord has to do something that in our life so that uh, we don't take that, uh, uh, the least of resistance of the resistance away But it's just like Abraham said, to go to the harder way, go to the narrow paths, like those cattle, they go to the most, where there's a thicket, where there's a prayer. But that's the place that you have the grass, to have the food in due season. When Jonah was in the desperate, when he was in the fish's belly, he turned his head towards Jerusalem. He probably don't even know where the Jerusalem is. But he know that in that the temple, that in, uh, in the holiest of holy, there's a mercy seat. There's the ark in there. We know what is the ark. That in the, it was a covenant. And in that ark, and there's a tablet, tablet and there's a, a pot of uh, manna uh, that's in the golden pot. And on the uh, on the ark, on the top of the ark, there's a lid, and that's the mercy seat. And uh, there's a cherubim. Uh, that cover that. That's the word the Lord was speaking to, to the people. But in that mercy seat, it must have a blood, because without the blood, that mercy seat become a judgment seat. Right. So when Jonah, when he was looking at uh, uh, the covenant that the Lord uh, has uh, with the, the Israelite, Israelites, the people, he said, "I am looking again to that uh, temple." He's not uh, looking at it to it as a symptom or what things that they was going through, they only look at one thing, that in that temple, in that ark, there is a mercy seat. That means that God is still having mercy to those people. So when Jonah, when he was asked the Lord to remember him, he's not talking to the Lord, you know, remember what I did. I was a prophet. I do this. I do. He said, I only look at that temple. That's the place that he was looking at. When those uh, thief that was on the cross, when, they, uh, when the thief was uh, uh, talking to Jesus, he said, uh, Lord, when you uh, come to your kingdom, remember me. He's not saying, Lord, remember what I did this, what I did that. What he did is to condemn to him. We're not talking to the Lord. So, Lord, remember, I did this for you. Lord, I did that for you. Lord, I preached for you. Lord, I ministered for you. Those things will condemn us if we try to ask the Lord to remember what I did. Because the Lord can only do, I can only come to the Lord to say one thing, Lord, remember me. Not to what I, not remember what I did. Lord, remember me, I'm a dust. Remember me, I'm a sinner. Remember me, I'm a slave. Remember me, I do it in the wrong. But even during during all of that, Lord, I'm not looking at all those things. I'm only looking at the one thing, though I'm in the worst situation, in the most difficulty. Probably in the critical stage. But I still look at one thing. That is the temple of God. Because there is the mercy seat. In the Old Testament, the mercy seat, that's in the, uh, in the covenant, in the dark. But when it comes to the New Testament, and Jesus Christ, He is that mercy seat. He's the Word that is uh, coming to the people. But He's also, He's the sacrifice. of the blood that on the word or on the covenant, then the word become a judgment word. It will only judge you. But because there is a blood on that ark, that's how Jesus Christ has paid the price and has shed to the blood. That's why that we can ask for mercy. And Brother Brahma said in the breast serpent, he said he tore the life out of a christ he took the body and he set it on his right hand and sent the holy ghost back to the church which is the unconditional covenant given to man tonight he said brother the life of jesus christ must be in every individual that's god's covenant and as assured as you are born of the spirit of god the holy ghost in you god is under sworn statement he said that he he to raise you up in the last day, that He will heal the sickness. He said, watch, God was standing in spirit. How could God be torn apart? But one day God was made of flesh and dwelt among us, the Lord Jesus Christ, the Emmanuel. And then there at Calvary, the covenant of God rode with us. He took the Christ to Calvary and tore Him apart. Soul and body and he took his body up to sit at the right hand of his majesty and sent his soul back here or the spirit on earth to make a covenant to carry out to the gospel how sainty you are he and his body serve as a sacrifice is on the throne of god but he sent down his holy spirit in you so that you can carry it out to the gospel and then they said and the church is giving a covenant the covenant is the baptism of the Holy Ghost, which is the seed of Abraham, bringing him to us. And then God and make this covenant that every man that's called into the grace of a God by the Holy Ghost has the same promise that Abraham had of eternal life. Amen. We know that in this age, God sent down the seventh angel, the prophet then it down to the earth. And it He takes the the, or the open book that to the bride of Jesus Christ, it's the Lamb of a God who takes the book that are from the hands that was sitting on the throne. And then the word, the book, is not to, to judge us, but because of the Lamb of a God, which is the bleeding Lamb, has took the book, so that blood is still on that book. It's not to judge us, but that's the mercy. It's the blood that it gave the Word that has the mercy. It is just the Word, and the Word will judge us. The Word was in the law of God will judge every sinner. But because the Lamb has took of the book, so that book is becoming a mercy seat for us. It's the Word of God that still has mercy, that still is the bleeding bloody Word for us. You see that in the theology, there's no mercy, because there's no blood in there. They're just intellectual. They have no mercy, because there's no blood in there. Just become a good citizen, become a good people They have no mercy. That cannot help, because there's no blood in it. But only the word of this hour has a blood in it. Because the Lamb has the drug of the book. When the bloody lamb took it out of the book, in that book it does still have a blood on it. And it's not a bleeding word that the prophet has brought it to us. When a prophet brought that a bleeding, bloody word to us, now we still have the mercy of God. When you receive that a blood word, that the bleeding word, you literally receive the mercy seed right into your heart. And then when you do have the, the believing word that laid it in you, that mercy seed literally that's laid in your heart, that in that person, that it constantly generated mercy to the people who want to receive it as a mercy seed. Because the mercy seed does the living in the, people's, in, the uh, in the believers' hearts right now. And when the people who receive that, they're not receiving this merely word but they are receiving the mercy from the Lord. That's why one of the people, when they saw you, they saw something that's in that a person, that a lived a life that a nobody else can impersonate, they know that this person has met God. When they saw that a, this person has met God, that the word that a lived a, that is a through that a person, when they received the word, they may not read the message, they may not read it in the Bible, but when they received the word of living in you, they literally received the mercy. If we do realize that, how much more we should be seriously treating each other. Amen. If we do realize that, how much more we should have respected each other. Amen. Then Brother Emma said an unconditional confidence that God made with His people. He said, you can't fail. There's no way of a failing. You are Abraham's seed. God has sworn with an oath He would take you in. Amen. There you are. He has sent His covenant. Jesus Christ is His covenant. And He turned Him apart out of Calvary, received the body up, and the sent of the Holy Ghost back. And when the resurrection comes, the same Spirit that was in Jesus Christ is in the only thing that will raise the body up to go meet that one there. That makes them a husband and a wife. See what I mean? The bride is the covenant to people. Unconditionally, God called you out of the world, gave you the Holy Ghost, the seed of Abraham you are tonight with a blessed promise. Amen. Then if you are Abraham's seed, you have a promise in you. You believe God regardless of what takes place. The Holy Ghost makes you believe it anyhow. It says, you are the covenant and the people of God. God tore Christ apart at Calvary, making the covenant, swearing by Himself. And He took the body up into heaven, which will return someday. But the Spirit He gave back to lead a church. The same life that was in Christ Jesus is in the church tonight. By the Holy Ghost. Doing and acting and performing the same thing He did when He was here on earth. You have received it. You got the covenant. It's written to you, swore by God. You can't fail. He says, that makes the devil mad. Sure does when you realize who you are. He said, don't fear about the child, sister. He said God has made it. So don't fear it about the baby sister. Don't do that. Just say, God, I now accept that. It's my personal property. I'm a believer. I filled out his check and say, in Jesus' name, I accepted that. Amen. Why God doing that? He gave us the covenant, He take it as Jesus Christ, tore toward him and apart. The send down His Holy Ghost and to each person, and to take that as His body at the throne of God, and as a sacrifice over there, constantly atoning for us. And then He even swore about it. What God is doing, He want to make sure that you understand, there's nothing going to take you out of from my hand. You are not going to fail no matter what situation that you are in, no matter how difficult that you are facing, no matter how contrary, same that the situation is, the wind is a blow, the storm is trying to try to take you out, but you are always in God's hand. There's nothing going to take you out of His world. Right. Then Brother Benjamin said, whatsoever things you desire, as a Christian, when you pray, Believe you receive it, just hold right onto it. It will be given to you. He said, just hold right onto it, cause God has swore that He'd do it. I'm here in a confirmation, I'm going away, going back to the Father, and then the Holy Ghost will come, and He will confirm everything I have said. He will continue His ministry until I return it again. Then he asked, what are we worried about? Yeah. God has swore that he would do it. Yeah. If God has said a word, that's good enough. Right. But why He even swore to it? He cannot find any bigger. Why he swore to it? Why he had to swore that nobody was greater than him? So he pointed to himself and said, I swore to you. Swore is to let you know there's nobody greater than I am. I'm the greatest one. I have nothing to swore. I swore to the greatest one. The greatest one is the one who is going to protect you. That greatest one is the one going to keep protecting all his children. That greatest one will keep true to all his promise. And if you are in Christ, you are part of that covenant. That is, it's not how worthy you are. Is what God has promised you. Everybody always look at themselves. But you can't look at yourself and get anywhere. You're finished to begin with, you're a failure to start with. There's nothing to you to begin with. It's what God had made you, is what you are. If the people can really realize who they are. You know, actually, to realize who you are is not something that's so super, super that's hard to understand. To realize who you are is to believe what God said who you are. It's not all of a sudden a thundering, come, the flashing, come, boom. Where's that boom? Is <laughs> that something just boom, all of a sudden, oh, my goodness, I'm a Murphy. I'm a Murphy. It doesn't take a supernatural revelation. I'm a Murphy. Amen. No matter who you said, you're not Murphy, but I'm a Murphy. I've been constantly listening to that. My daddy called me Murphy. My mommy called me Murphy. My, my wife called me Murphy. My children called me Murphy. Brother Tom called me Murphy. Everybody called me Murphy. I guess I'm a Murphy. <laughs> you go. God has said you're a bride, right. He sent the prophet to call you a bride. Amen. Jesus Christ swore that you are bride. Brother Tom call you bride. Brother Tim call you bride. bitch Abyssal call you bride. Everywhere you go call you a bride. Everywhere you look he call you bride. Every message is to call you bride. Who can make you unbride? He swore that the time after time, to say, I will have a spotless bride. Without a wrinkle, without a mood no disease. Realizing who you are, it doesn't take a super revelation. Realizing who you are is based on what is the God has said. And take a simple face to believe what He said about you. And Abraham said, that Then if you find fault in Him, said, then I will tell you why you can't be healed. If you can find fault in Jesus, then I will tell you why you cannot be His wife. He said, But what you find no fault in your sacrifice, God has accepted that sacrifice. And what He accepted the sacrifice... They accept your confession in that sacrifice, and you become part of it. It's not that who you are. It's not that how much uh, things that you do. It's what are the sacrifice that you bring. If you find a no fault in that sacrifice, it's not a no fault in you. As long as you're living in this earth, as long as you're living in this body, you will find fault in yourselves. You will make mistakes. You will do things that wrong. But the sacrifice which the Lord provided to you, which is the Christ, which is the message of this hour, the Lord has vindicated time after time that this is the perfect sacrifice. This is the vindicated of truth. This is the blood that sprinkled on that mercy seed. All the denominations have no blood, but this one got blood. Why? Because of this message has life in it. Amen. This is still a bleeding word that you, whoever, want to accept today. And then Brad Ram said, Don't you take the co formal handshake. You take a heartwarming experience from God of being born again. Don't care where you belong. Remember when these two met together. If this didn't dovetail it, it was thrown out. He was talking about uh, the Chinese laundromat ticket. Do you remember that? Brother Brown was talking about uh, you know, the Chinese laundromat. They don't know how to write uh, or they don't know their language. So they tear the, the paper apart. They give you one part. Uh, they keep it one part. And then when you come to take the laundry back, you take the dirty clothes, become clean, you must match up with another part. And then he said, uh, when these two met, if this didn't dovetail, it was thrown out. It had to be the same thing. And the same Spirit upon Christ has to be on the church. When Jesus, when Jesus was torn apart, the body was in the throne, of the, the throne of God as a memorial, as a sacrifice, as an atonement. But He sent down His Holy Spirit to put it in us so that we can carry it out this gospel. But when Jesus comes, He must find something that is a matching part. You will never match up with that sacrifice if you just by your own flesh being. If you just depend on your own self, you will never match it. But what makes you become a matching part of another part to coming down to meet with you is the Holy Spirit that is living in you. The Holy Spirit, Brother Tim, was brought us the perfect they're united. It's not a two separate things from the Word. When you received the vindicated Word, you did literally receive the life of Jesus Christ. We chase the Holy Ghost. And Jesus Christ, when He comes, He's only looking for one part. Not your part, but to the part of that is in you and driving you. The part of that is in you to make you to believe Him. The part of that is in you to drive you to have a passion and say to the Word of God. Who is that? It's the Holy Spirit that's in you. The Holy Spirit will only points you to that sacrifice. Because when the Holy Spirit who has come will testify for Jesus Christ. And Jesus Christ, the Atonement is the sacrifice. So, if the Holy Spirit are coming, living in the person, that Holy Ghost can only point you to that perfect sacrifice. He will not appoint you to anything else. Will not appoint you to your church. Will not appoint you to your denomination. Will not appoint you to only your own behavior. Good. He will only point you to you to that perfect sacrifice. And let me say this is a perfect sacrifice in this age. Still, that Jesus Christ revealed Himself in the message of this hour. And that's the thing the Holy Spirit will point you to. It's not a two separate thing, but it was a united together. So when the bodies come, when Lord Jesus want to come, He only want to meet it at the one thing. He wants to meet the Holy Spirit that He sent that in your life in your life. And that right now what we do, we're all living for His coming. Right. And that a word that in it its hours prepared us for it is His coming. Do you have a heart that is the yearning and longing that it should be united with Him? It seems like that the more that we're living on this earth, the more we're living in this body, the more that we want to be united with Him. All that we're living, all, every moment that we're living is looking for that moment. His Holy Spirit is in here, but I want to be totally united with Him. I wanted to see that Jesus. I think that's what we're living on this earth. You know, a lot of time I find out that if we're going along on this earth, if we live the life where we go to work and do this and all of the daily life that we have, it seems like that the people they lost their vision. Right. It seems like that what we're living for is not for it is coming. Not it seems that everything which is all geared up, you know, getting money or to do uh, get a better house or a car or this and that. The more and more that we start to chasing for that, I'll say that we lost our vision. Our vision has to be true to the one thing, that is looking forward for His coming. And then I find out that the people, the more they're dragging along, dragging along, instead of looking for what is the Lord has been finished, uh, that, uh, that has been finished uh, the, the work, and in that sacrifice, in the Jesus Christ, they started looking at themselves. They started looking, you know, I did this, I did that. That's not what we're supposed to look at. The only thing that we're supposed to look at is only one thing. Lord, you provided us a sacrifice. That sacrifice is the perfect. And you send me the Holy Spirit to lead me to receive that sacrifice. All the devils to try to do is to try to let you separate it from that. But it seems like the more He lets us separate from that, it seems like the more we want to be united with Him. Have you think about, you know, the the couples that want to get married? You know, it seems like you just cannot separate them. Even before they get married. I better be very careful to what I'm saying here. Well, I better just say it. And while my daughter was... uh, you know, they're, uh, and here she and uh, Junior, they're just falling in love with each other. It seems like everything they're talking about is just Junior, Junior, Junior. It seems like everything she was talking about, you know, you know Junior did this, Junior did that, Junior did this. What about your daddy? Your daddy's been raising you up for 18 years. <laughs> All of a sudden, I disappear, I become invisible. And then one sister said to my wife, said, Sister Tracy, tell Brother Murphy, you just cannot separate them. Just let them get married. I said, I never want to separate them. I want to get them married, but it's just too fast. <laughs> but it's just the same thing, like everything it was uh, the more you not you try to separate them, the more you know, they're, they're not, so, before they're getting united, it seems like everything they were thinking about is just, I want to marry him. I want to marry him. This is uh, they're looking forward for that uniting time. It seems that like the more the separation, it doesn't make them uh, dislove each other, just make that love become even more strong than ever. Then I was thinking about the love of Jesus Christ. No matter what devils they try to do, no matter what devils are trying to separate us. But the more he separated us, it seems that the more bounded we want to be united with him. Then the devil comes to do whatever he wants to do. But he can make you fall. He can make you to do this mistake and that mistake. But that just makes it, us become more stronger. When united with our Lord. He can make you fall even. He can make you do something that you do not want to do. You are wallowing in that. It's say, Lord, I've done it wrong. But in your heart, is just a yearning. The say, Lord, I want to be united with you. Lord, I want that a perfect sacrifice for law in me. Yeah. It seems like that the devil more is going to separate you from that, the more you want to be united with him. Why? Because this is the age that the head is coming to unite united with the body. This is the age. It's that the Lamb of God is walking from the throne. He's one to come to claiming His bride. This is the last moment of the last moment. He's coming for one purpose. To be united with His bride. You have been separated from him for a long time, for years, but now it's the uniting time. That's why he's sending the message. That's why he sends the prophet to tell us the separating time is over, but now it is the time of the head and the body to be united together. That's why we live a life like this. That's why we live a life of focus ourselves. Brother I'm talking about, so there's, a, there's a young boy, he went to Rome to study art. And then an uh, uh, old man saw him, he was not uh, with all these people that he was with. Uh, they were just doing all the drinking, a party and everything. But this young man just kept himself. And so this old man was very uh, surprised that he wanted to find out what's happened. But Ram said that these people go out and drink and carry on. But one young man didn't notice. The young man, he didn't carry on like that. He lived clean. At nighttime, he come home and went to bed. He lived like a gentleman should live. And one day, the old caretaker said, I'd like you to take a walk with you, son. He said, all right. They started off the hill, walking together towards the setting of the sun. And he said, a young fellow, you came over. It was that bunch of American, didn't you? And then he said, yes, sir, I did. He said, I want to ask you something. He said, all right. He said, why is it that you don't go out and drink and carry on and lay out with the girls and things all through the night and come in the next morning the way they do? He stopped and put his arm around the old man. He said, you see the way, you see the way that sun is sitting yonder in the west? He said, yes, sir, I do. Is that beyond that setting of the sun, there's a certain state, in a New England state. In that certain state is a certain city. And in that certain city is a certain house. And in that certain house is a girl. And that girl I vowed before I come here to be true to her. That when I return, we're going to be married. She made a vow to me, a promise. Therefore, sir, all of my attention... It's attracted. As far as they come to woman, towards that girl at that place. And he said, I live today for tomorrow to come. Amen. But Abraham said, what a testimony. Right. That is the brightest testimony. Yeah. Why we live today? Why we come to church? Why we get married? Why we raise our young people? Why we go to BSA school? Why we do all we do? We live today for tomorrow to come. Tomorrow is our goal. Other than that, we only live today for today. But this young man, he live today for tomorrow to come. Then he said, oh, what a Christian can say. Why don't you smoke? Why don't you have a little fun? Why don't you do this like the rest of them do? He said, you can say, oh, beyond that a certain star, there is a certain city. And in that certain city is a certain person. Hallelujah. Oh, I live for Him. For He died for me. And someday, He's coming. And i live for that life that is to come. That is our testimony. We'll live today for tomorrow to come. We'll live on this earth we're coming church. We're reading the message. We're helping people. We do everything that we do that consider as a good Christian behavior, but we live today for tomorrow to come. Reverend Emma it said, at Kadesh Barnea, it's a now common in people, Israel, down in Egypt on account of disobedience and selling their brother Joseph. I was taken down into Egypt and it was there. 400 years under bondage. I want you to notice, they never lost their covenant. They lost their freedom, but not their covenant. When God made a covenant to His Abraham and Isaac and Jacob, that He swore about Himself that He would save Abraham and His seed after Him, God is a duty bound to keep that promise, and He's just as duty bound to you on that promise as He was to Abraham. On the promise. He said that's right. If you are Abraham's seed. How do you become Abraham's seed? We that are dead in Christ. Take on Abraham's seed. Says the Bible. And our heirs according to the promise. Then God is just as duty bound to you. As he was to Abraham. See that would take all the scare. Out of it. God don't want you to be scared of nothing. Rest solemnly. Upon what he has said. You might lose your joy. you might lose your joy that in the Lord, you might be depressed you might be having a lot of things that's going on around you. But the Lord said the Spirit of the prophet that you never lost a covenant. Right. no matter what situation that you are in, but that covenant is always true. But Abraham said, How can, He said, "How can you get in? How can you have a faith? He said no wonder these people? Lots of people in the world today don't believe in divine healing. He said they never, the reason is that they never receive the covenant. Right. If you receive the covenant, then you believe every word of what God has said. It's not so said that, you know, I believe, I believe, but if you do, you are the covenant people, you do believe every word of God has said. He said when God gives you the covenant, He gives you the Spirit, the Christ. The thing that was in Abraham comes in you. He said, you believe in it just like Abraham does. He chooses you by faith. And it takes the spirit that was in Christ and put it in you. All of this, God has already done. Is that something in the future that he's going to do? All of that, God already done that. He said He truths you by faith. You know, God has a faith too. He believes His his own word. He said that there is a light. God believes His his, his word and light comes forth. And God said that there is be earth. And He believes His word. That the earth is shook into existence. That's what the prophet Abraham said. So when God has a faith, He believes every word that He said will come true. When He truths you, He also believes that this will come true. No matter how uh, contrary the situation is, but God believes His own word. How can God believe His own word? Because His faith is based on His foreknowledge. He knows exactly what is going to happen. So that's why His faith was based on His foreknowledge. God is an election based on His foreknowledge. He knows you will choose Him. So that's why He chooses You have the faith to what He has chosen. Because He had a foreknowledge. I don't have a foreknowledge. You don't have a foreknowledge. But we base our foreknowledge upon God's foreknowledge. I don't see the future. I don't see the heaven, the gold, the strength, and all of that, that He was promised in the Word. But I believe what His Word has said. Because God bases His face on the foreknowledge. He already knows what's going to happen. If he knows what's going to happen, I don't need to know to find out his plan to find out what's going to happen. If he said that's going to happen, my faith is based on his foreknowledge. He already saw that. Then I said, Lord, my eyes is so short, my vision is so short. I can't see it, but the, you already said that your foreknowledge already saw the destination. Then, then my faith is based on foreknowledge. Lord, I saw my destination that is in the heavenly realm. When God made His choosing, it seems like it is not very uh, accurate. It's not very ah, uh, it's not uh, correct. Even according to the man's standard, He chose Elijah. Elijah is a nervous wreck. He chose Elisha. Elisha got a big temper. And then he was uh, asked, uh, you know, he was uh, led to the bear to, uh, uh, to mold all those children because they said he's uh, bald-headed. And he uh, chose Jonah. And uh, Jonah, when God gave a commission, he went to a uh, Caribbean. I <laughs> would say this. And he was uh, doing things that were different. But God's choosing is not based on what He is, what that person is. God's choosing is based on His foreknowledge. So when he choose the Elijah, he knows exactly what is the Elijah going to do. He knows all his mistakes. He knows all what is the one through. When God chooses you, he knows what you're going to do. He knows all your failure. He knows all your mistakes. He knows all your faults. But his choosing is not based on what he saw now. It's based on what is the future. He's based on his foreknowledge. He knows you're going to receive him he knew you will believe every word that he said that's why he made a covenant that's why he kept his promise that's why he didn't even swear said i will take you over there no matter what's happened no matter what comes what goes but there's nothing is going to take you out of my hand his choosing is based on his foreknowledge for man thinking we're thinking we're just nobody we cannot do this you know we failed the here we failed this, there. How I'm going to be in the uh, in the uh, the line of the uh, the bride of Jesus Christ? You know, I just made a mistake yesterday. I just done this in the wrong last time. He just keep condemning me. He just keep accusing me. How am I going to be of a part of the bride? It's not based on what you think, but it's based on He chooses you by faith,
1: Amen.
0: and then He put that faith in you. That's what he said. And take the spirit that was in Christ and put it in you. Amen. It's not your faith anymore. Your faith still looking and now. Your faith look at what is the foreknowledge of a God that has revealed to us in this age through the prophet's ministry. If he already said that, Lord, I base my faith upon your foreknowledge. If he chooses by faith, can we just choose Him by face too? Let a musician come. It's not a how much worthy that we are, but it's a how worthy that He is. Amen. He gave us this Word. This Word is still the mercy seat. This Word still has a blood in it. If we receive the bleeding, bloody Word, that mercy is endures forever. I remember the story. I forgot who told this the story. It's talking about a Napoleon. The one time, there's a, there's a soldier that in his army that had made offense, actually it made it twice offense, and then there's a soldier need to be shot. And the when a mom knows that the old mom coming over come before the emperor. And said to an He said the, the the mom said I plead for mercy. And to the emperor was objected. And the emperor said, "But your son doesn't deserve mercy." How many times we can see that to some of our situation? Right. The things that we do wrong, we're thinking the devil said to us, "You're not a deserve mercy." And we even said to ourselves, I don't deserve mercy. And think about some of our children having made a mistake, the things that they do that are wrong. We probably say, just shoot them. <laughs> they, don't deserve, they don't deserve mercy. The things they do, the things that they went through, we said that that's the self inflicted pain. The things that they went through, the things that they done, just let them go, just let them go, just let them do whatever they want to do. Just, you know, for... Uh, give them up but don't you glad that there was an old mom he would never give up his own son no matter how we were that our son is but that mom still the coming over and the pleading for the son i wonder how many times we have our old moms our old daddies i know this is father's day have we prayed for our children the things that our children have done the things that our children have made that the decision was so wrong 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 and for other people, we might be sitting here and not deserve to have a mercy. Just let them go. Just let them do whatever they want to do. But there is an old, faithful mother. And he said, I'm pleading for mercy. And the emperor said, But your son doesn't deserve mercy. And then the mom replied, It will not be mercy if he deserves it. It will not be mercy if we deserve it. There's nothing that we do deserve what is the Lord to give it to us. There's nothing that what we've done that deserve, even deserve the Lord to send a message to us in uh, in this way. It's not because that we deserve it, but because the character of this message is the mercy. The character of the word of this hour, because the Lamb has took the book. That Lamb is the bleeding, bloody Lamb. When that lamb took that word, that word is a bleeding word. You still have the blood. You still have the mercy that's in that word. Atone for every sin. Atone for every mistake. Atone for every wrongdoing that we do. It's not because we deserve it. But we're only pleading for the mercy. And then the emperor granted us a pardon. I did that too. The BCA. I wonder if we can do the same thing. Instead of opening scripture, I give you the finishing scripture. Shall we stand? Let's all turn to a book of Psalm. Let's turn to Psalm one thirty six. I'll read to the first part. I'll let you read to the second part. Psalm 136, verse 1. Oh, give thanks unto the Lord for his good. Oh, give thanks unto God of gods. Who's God of God? Who's God of gods? Our Lord. He's a God of gods. And then the third said, Oh, give thanks to the Lord of lords. There's a lot of gods in this earth. Some young people, they haven't been worshipping a lot of gods. They're worshipping their video games. They're worshipping their YouTube. They're worshipping a lot of gods. But do you know He's a God of all gods? Do you know that He's the Lord of all Lords? There's no Lord is going to overrun you. There's no God is going to overcome you. But that God of a God will overcome every God. The Lord of all Lords will overcome every Lord. Why? Because His mercy endures forever. Not because you did. It's because His mercy endures forever. To him who alone does great wonders the to him that wisdom made the heaven the to him that stretched out the earth above the waters the to him that made great light the, the sun to rule by day the, the moon and star to rule by night To him that smote Egypt in their firstborn. You know, in this Egypt and on this earth, they are firstborn too. They have their strengths. They are so strengths. They are so strong. It seems impossible to overcome. But because the mercy of God endures forever, you are the overcomer. Then he said, And brought out Israel from among them. You are the spiritual Israel that He brought you out of all these things has been the curse. Why? Because His mercy endures forever. With a strong hand and with a stretched out arm. To Him which divided the Red Sea into parts. And made Israel to pass through the midst of it. But overthrow Pharaoh and his host in the Red Sea. To Him which led His people through the wilderness. Are you going through the wilderness? You're not alone. He's still leading you. His hand never forsaking you. He said, I will never leave you. I'm never forsaking you. No matter where you go, the unfailing presence of God will be always with you. Why? Because you're strong? Because you go to Colorado Bible Way? Because you have a super, you're a super congregation? No. Because His mercy endures forever. Let's read further on. To him which is small, great kings. And slew famous kings. I was thinking about how many famous kings you ever slew. You ever slew the king of depression? You ever slew the king of a committed suicide? You ever slew the king of a lust? You ever slew the king that always says, It's impossible, it's impossible, it's impossible. It's impossible. You sue all those kings. And not only just kings, they're famous kings. But every famous king has been used to them. Why? It's because His mercy endures forever. Why? Because that mercy seated us right now dwells in every one of us. Let's read a further hour. Sihon, king of Amorites. The devil may change the name, but the nature of the devil is that never changed. Amen. But no matter what name he changed, but thankful to, to, thankful to the Lord, his mercy endures forever. Amen. He said, Anog, the king of Bashan. And he gave their land the forty inheritance. Praise Do you know the Lord gave you the land for the inheritance? Everything that in that promised land, the Lord gave you for an inheritance. Do you know your wife is your inheritance? Do you know your husband is your inheritance? Do you know your loved ones, your children? Everyone, they're your inheritance. God said, I give it to you. It's not because you're good, but because my mercy endures forever. As read further on, even an inheritance unto Israel, his servant. Who remembered us in our lower estates. You. Have you called unto the Lord, Lord, remember me. Yeah. Lord, don't remember what I did. What I did it condemns me. No matter how good it is, what I did it will condemn me. Right. Because if it based on what I did, I always did wrong. Though I do something that is right, but I always constantly doing things wrong. I don't want to base on what I did, but I want to base on what I am. What I am is not what I am right now. What I am is what God has sold me before the foundation of the world. We remember, who remembered us in our lowest state. And has redeemed us from our enemies. Not say, it's not what He will do. He's already done this. He's redeemed you from your enemies. Not to just one enemy, but plural. Many enemies. No matter what name they come in along, But His mercy endures forever. Then He said, Who gave food to all flesh. And He gave it a special food for His bride. You are the one. He gave it a special food in due season to every bride of Jesus Christ. Why? Because his mercy endures forever. Oh, give thanks unto God of heaven. Hallelujah. Can we thank him? Can we just praise him to the Lord? The Lord is not of what I did, but Lord your mercy endures forever. Lord, we've been full, we've been done mistakes, Lord, we're weak, Lord, we've done so many things wrong, but Lord, your mercy endures forever. Lord, you save our children because your mercy endures forever. Lord, you do the things that is impossible because your mercy endures forever. It's nothing that we've done, we can bring nothing good, our Lord, but we know one thing, his mercy endures forever. Oh, dear Heavenly Father, how we give you thanks to Lord Jesus. How we want to worship you, Lord, because your mercy endures forever, Lord. You send down this bleeding, bloody word. Lord, you send down this word that in our heart that we receive it. Oh, let a mercy seed set upon our heart. When we look at that and know there's still blood on it. Know that the word of God is still true, that every promise of God is true. Oh, God, we give you all the thanks. Lord God, we thank you for saving our children, Lord, because your mercy endures forever. Lord, we thank you you saved the the people's marriage life, because your mercy endures forever. Lord, we thank you for this church, because your mercy endures forever. Lord, we thank you for the pastor that you give it to us because your mercy endures forever. Lord, we thank you for the healing to our brother Eunice, to our sister Francine, because your mercy endures forever. Lord, we thank you that you've beaten down every devil's idol because your mercy endures forever. Oh, Lord, in this world, I may worship their God, but Lord, we worship the God that in our hearts Hallelujah, Lord. Oh, we give you all the thanks. We give you all the glory, Lord. Because your mercy endures forever. That's why you send down the message of this hour. That's why you've given us the Prophet, Because the mercy endures forever. Oh, Lord, we're not just having a temporary mercy. But we're having a mercy that endures forever, Lord. Lord, that thy mercy endures all through the trials. That mercy endures all through the difficulties. That, we're, that mercy endures through all that we were children. That mercy endures every hardship. Everything that's contrary. Everything that in the storm we try to blast it out. But that mercy endures forever, Lord. Oh, we love you, Jesus. We thank you, Lord. Oh, we thank you, Jesus. We give you all the thanks, Lord. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, we want to worship you, Lord. You're the one that opened up the way, Lord. You're the one that keeps all your promises, Lord. Not one promise that you have is untrue. Everything that you said has been the truth, Lord. Oh, we worship you, Lord. Our whole heart was opened up to you. Oh, God, you had a send a revival down on earth, down to this building, Lord, to each believer, Lord. We saw you moving among us. We saw you keep your promise, Lord. We saw you to save the, the person that can be saved. You deliver the people that has been bound, Lord, because your mercy has endured forever, Lord. Oh, hallelujah. We give you all the thanks, Lord. Let's sing a song. The one he reached down, his hand for me. Amen. Can we sing that one? He reached down, his hand for me. Let's continue just to worship him. His words is all our worship. Oh, thank you, Lord. Let's sing it all together and I continue to worship our oh, Lord. Oh, amen. God have ever served. The more you talk about Him, the more you speak it on His Word, it seems like it's more that we just love Him. It seems like He's just draw near, getting closer and closer to you. You know why He wants to be united with you totally. May the Lord bless you. Have a good uh, the week that is waking. May the Lord uh, give you something special. May He meet you. If He can meet our pastor on the log, then answer His question. I believe the same God can meet us. Maybe not in the log. Maybe in your car. Maybe when you're sitting at your office. Maybe when you're driving. Maybe when you're laid down on a bed. He still can meet every need. That is of children's head. Let's bow our head. Oh dear Heavenly Father. How we love you Lord. You're such a lovely Lord. Lord and the more we talk about you. The more we know. Lord you are the faithful one Lord you kept all your promise Lord Lord I was thinking about years and years ago when I first received the message I said to the Lord I said Lord if this is the truth I owe my whole life to it Lord I'm not that the person can keep the promise but Lord I do have the promise keeper that live in me that a 21 years later Lord I'm still serving you Lord Lord, I still know that you are the faithful God. I still believe all your word to be the truth, to Lord. Lord, it's not a way promise, but Lord, it's that promise keeper that lives in us. Father, I just ask you to be with this congregation. This is a lovely bride of Jesus Christ that included her Bible we here. Lord, to be with every one of them, no matter what situation that they're in, Lord, no matter what trials and the difficulties they go through. No matter what uh, things that they are facing. But Lord, may it always, like Jonah said, once more, I look upon your temple, Lord. Once more, I keep my eyes on that mercy seat. Because in there, there's the mercy of a God that endures forever. Father, we thank you. Ask you to go with your people. Lord, bless them. Give it a double blessing. Father, when they go back to their home, maybe they're driving or whatever that they do, Made the nearness of a God and the presence of a God just getting closer to them and speak love to them. We love you, Jesus. We commit ourselves into your hands, Lord. Be with our pastor, Lord. Strengthen him, Lord. Uh, we commit our soul, our being, our whole family, everything that we have, that in your hands. Out to ask of the Lord who guide us and leading us, Lord. each step, we will not step it out until that we find that the blood is thin that are on that footstep of Jesus Christ. So, Father, we thank you. ask you to be with one, of us, uh, with every one of us and that everyone has the peaceful way going back home. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Praise the Lord. Uh, can we just sing one more song before we go? My face, look up to thee. The Lamb of uh, Calvary. we we'll just just uh, sing the chorus, if you... Uh... hands with each other. Say the best thing you can say. The Lord bless you.